Greetings and welcome everyone. It's Chief Yuya and we are, uh, at the Chief Yuya podcast, right? And we are at our 76th episode of, uh, this podcast. I want to thank you all for coming through and for your support and for your, your affection and for your positive words that you always bring to keep this this train moving forward. I always want to thank you for the feedback. So in this session, we're going to get into some aspects of healing that I, I know will be very beneficial uh, for you all. Uh, healing, and we're going to also take a, a explanation, I mean, exploration, which I think is going to be a recap for many of us through the concepts of the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. You know, there are times when you'll hear me speak about the need to go over the basics again. And sometimes it's just, you know, me observing and, and seeing what kind of questions that I'm asked and um, repeated, repeatedly what sort of um, points that people get hung up on. And I recognize, OK, let's do a refresher on that because um, there are foundational rudiments to our learning that we have to have before we can um, really dive into what we may feel is more fulfilling, you know, because some of those rudiments will become the frustrations that are obstacles and our delays and our difficulties because we haven't really taken time to um, explore them responsibly and consciously. So uh, we're going to give ourselves the best expectation of being the best students and eventually the best teachers. So in order to do that, um, we're going to even look at the foundational things that we just know and swear up and down that we have. And we're going to make sure that we can explain them and understand them from as many angles as possible. All right. So uh, we will all do that together, myself included. I'm always going back to the basics and I enjoy going back to the basics because um, it's always good to check the foundations and see if there's any leaks or sometimes, you know, you come back with it with the mind. You, you look at your foundations. You may have first encountered them as a base student. And then as you grow and you teach other people and you go back to your foundations. But now you're viewing as a teacher and you might even see some of the things that were missing in your teaching when you first received it or um, some of the things that were were missing for you as a student because now you have a, a greater understanding based on whether your experience or just the own work that you've put into, you've been able to now expand yourself, you know, to that point. So um, this was kind of fueled because, or I should say uh, stimulated the, the thought because um, I had encountered someone recently who um, they considered themselves to be my, my student and they were doing a healing circle and, and they were asking me if I wanted to join the circle. And, you know, I, I said, no, thank you. And I explained some things to them in regards to how to prepare yourself for healing circles and sometimes the dangers of not not preparing. And they weren't aware of that because they, you know, they have studied under me. Well, they have studied my material or read my material, or listened to it. I can't co-sign a study. Um, and have also, you know, worked with other people and things like that. So, uh, 
you know, everybody has their own perspective and their own angulation of how they attack this work and this, this lifestyle and this learning style and, and this way of being when you're looking to, um, dive into the things that you consider to be really important, you know, but there are certain things that you have to really bear in mind if you're going to do this work responsibly, you know, so I had shared some things and they were like, Oh, thank you. I didn't, I was not told that. And I wasn't even thinking about that. So I said, okay, well, you know, maybe it's a good time to share. So, you know, one of the things that becomes important, becomes important when you're doing healing work. And I know a lot of people, um, have had experiences with either being healed, witnessing healing, or having, uh, an experience in an event where they were able to channel healing to another person, you know, and for some, that was the, the genesis or the start of their journey through, um, expanding and learning about the joyfulness of the higher self and moving into, into that place, you know, they, they had some sort of a experience, you know, a lot of us or all of us need healing, just moving through life, our journey through life. We encounter a lot of damage. You know, we pick up a lot of toxins. Our body takes a lot of, you know, a lot of knocks and bruises. And fortunately for us, our soul's natural leaning and positioning is towards vitality. So, um, if we are aligned with the soul and we're doing what we're supposed to do, we'll always have health. We'll always have vitality. But what happens is that there are things that get in the way of that alignment. Um, in particular, in particular, one of them is our conscious thinking or our conscious, um, thoughts. And your conscious thoughts are really where, um, they're, they're supposed to be a gateway, you know, and they are supposed to be, uh, that, that mind field, if you will, I'll use the word mind, although I have explained the difference between brain and mind before and the mind be more, being more of an abstraction, but just for this, we'll, we'll just say mind, right? Um, but that, that conscious mind, it's supposed to provide information and, and orders, um, to the subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind is, is objective, whereas the conscious mind is subjective. You know, and, um, there is a balancing that has to happen with these faculties of ourselves before we can go to heal people. And I'm going to explain why, because it's so very often that I see people claiming to be healers. It's, it's so easy to put on white garments and, you know, um, pour some Florida water on the floor and burn some sage. And put on a couple of beads and, you know, something pretty and have some nice music playing or have some some chants going or some bowls, some singing bowls and say, OK, we're healing, you know. But I find that usually the people who want to engage in those sort of activities the most are the most damaged, you know. And as a result, what they're really doing is they're transferring. So it's call, instead of calling them healing circles, they really should be called transfer circles. Because the majority of the time they're transferring their pain onto the unsuspecting audience or the unsuspecting client, you know, and a lot of this is a result of all of the static that they have from within. And um, when you have a lot of static, what that basically is, is that's the part of you that is trying to 
push you off the cliff into insanity, you know, and you have a choice to choose between your guru self or your God nature or your higher self or your higher awareness or the, the static of your defeating talk, you know, and your, your mind makes a decision of which one to choose or which one to listen to. Am I going to listen to the, the, the inner talk that's self-defeating or am I going to listen to the things that are self-affirming, you know, and, and there's a constant sort of war in, in our heavens. Um, and we're trying to see which one we're going to give way to, you know, and whether you're dealing with your static and your negative talk or whether you're dealing with talk that's abundant and, and is giving and is life affirming. Um, if you see them both as objective experiences, you'll realize that neither one is right. Neither, neither one is wrong, but they'll just each lead you down a different path, you know, and those paths may teach you certain, well, they will teach you certain things depending on how you approach them. Um, your negative self-talk and your self-defeating talk is always going to produce a life of fear. And it's always going to produce a life of contraction, you know, where you're always getting into situations and you're, I'm just listening. I'm quiet. I don't want to say anything. Or, you know, you're trying to be like a gray man. You're trying to move through life without being noticed. But there's always this, uh, this contraction, even of your knowledge. You know, I don't want to know more. <laughs> you know, I know enough. I don't want to know anymore. I don't want to do anymore. I'm good right here where I'm at. That's a result of that, that ego driven static of self, self defeat that keeps you like a crab inside of your shell. And then on the opposite side of the spectrum, when you're pulling from the guru self or you're pulling from the God nature, your life experience becomes more abundant. It becomes more expansive, you know, um, and obviously there's an eradication of fear if you will. So, um, we all become adept over time, um, at listening <laughs> to either the static and, you know, or the, the, the self defeat. And as we come into higher awareness, we we're trying to learn how to get into that place of listening to the guru self a bit more and trying to understand how it's speaking around us and, and within our aura so that we can bring more power into our life. We can bring more happiness and more joy and we can, we can make contact with unseen powers and interdimensional beings and, and really uh, tap into the power and really tap into the potency of thought, you know, um, that we already have inside of us, you know, so there, but there are two different roles. You know, sometimes you'll see people in complete contraction and complete fear. And it's not really our place to say you're wrong. You shouldn't be like that, you know, because it's, it's a path unto itself too. You know, fear is a path. It, it will take you to a place and it may not be the most pleasant place. No, it may not be the most pleasant, but sometimes, um, there are lessons there that, that, people in the incarnation that they're currently living, they have to go through, you know, um, sometimes the fear and the pain that that contraction uh, sits in, it forces them to open up the, um, the, the, the layers of their subconscious. 
And inside of those layers, they'll start to pull wisdom <laughs> that they didn't know they had. You know, they'll start to see, wow, man, there's a lot of resources down in this subconscious space that I had no, no idea about. And I can use them, you know, for my, for my development, you know, so there are different paths to go on, right? And when you decide to take on the, the role or if you're called to take on the role of a healer, then you have to start to feel, to, to, to fill your mind and your psyche with different sorts of concepts. You have to flood yourself with peace. You have to flood yourself with goodwill. You have to flood yourself with gratitude at all the wonders that exist within life. Cause that raises your gratitude, raises your frequency, especially when you wake up, when the first thing in the dawning, you start to go into a mode of gratitude, your frequency raises automatically, you know? Um, but all of these different thoughts and all of these different realizations and, um, you know, conditions that we find ourselves are the reactions, um, of our, of our subconscious to what it is that we're thinking, you know, and sometimes we haven't developed ourselves enough to begin to program the conscious mind, you know, I mean, the subconscious mind, the conscious mind is what's like, you know, just getting us through our, our everyday, you know, getting us, us through life and, and so forth and so on. But it's the, it's the subconscious that will give us the potential to transform what our life actually is, you know. So without that balancing of understanding that the law and the law and order of our thoughts and how they affect our destiny, destiny and how they inspire us to heal and inspire us to strengthen and to prosper, we really don't have any business trying to heal someone. Okay. And unfortunately, like I said, I see some of the most unbalanced and sick, sickest people claiming to have the power of healing, but everyone around them is always sick and they're, they're always depressed and distraught and they get these temporary moments of, um, exhalation when they're able to, you know, have a, a ritual or, surround each other and say affirming things or, you know, take some psychedelics or wash each other and, you know, in, in the waters of Lake Minnetonka and, and so forth. But, um, there's really no real reprogramming of the subconscious mind, which is holding the seat of our creativity and our, and our electricity in motion, which is our emotions, you know, because what happens is that the, the and this this was touched on in the movie Inception. Once the subconscious mind, that that deeper layer, the depths of mind, once it holds on and embraces an idea, um, it's very difficult for it to let it go. Because what the reason why it's so hard for the subconscious mind to let something go is because it immediately goes from thought to action. It's not like the conscious mind. I can, I can tell you something right now and you can absorb it with your conscious mind, but you'll begin to dismantle it. You know, that happens often when I'm speaking to people and they get real quiet. You know, it's, it becomes a one way sort of conversation. And I say, what's going on? You got so quiet. Oh, I'm thinking about what you said. Why are you thinking? What is it to think about? I already said it. So that means I already thought about it. That the thought, that part has already been done for you. So now all you have to do is receive. But the conscious mind, remember, is a, is a gateway. It's a guard 
that sits over the subconscious. So what I may be saying may have the, the potential to affect the subconscious, but the conscious mind is being manipulated by the ego to say anything that comes through, filter it into your own language. Because once it goes to the subconscious mind, the subconscious mind immediately acts on it. And we don't necessarily want that. We want it to stay in the conscious mind. We don't want it to, to drip down into the soil of the sub. Keep it on the top soil where we can shovel it out, get rid of it. <laughs> you know, if someone is dripping wisdom, um, because once it gets down into that subconscious mind, it's, it's going to take off because the subconscious mind has no sense of judgment. It doesn't judge anything. The subconscious mind is, is like a computer. It has no sense of judgment and it has no sense of humor. So it doesn't know when you're playing, <laughs> you know, it doesn't know I'm just playing. I didn't mean for you. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have that, that sort of awareness. If you, if it comes down here, if it drops down into this space, we're going to immediately begin to act on it. So there will be reactions to certain thoughts based on what's already been secreted or is sitting down in this subconscious mind, you know, whereas your conscious mind is always looking to reason, you know, it's always looking to choose this or to choose that. So the decisions that we tend to make in our life when we're at the crossroads are decisions of the conscious mind, not the subconscious, you know, so there are, of course, automatic things that we do, you know, like um, eating and, and breathing and, you know, um, processing our foods, food and, and things like that, that are that are carried out by the subconscious mind and they it doesn't need the um, input of, of the conscious mind. But whatever your subconscious mind embraces and takes and takes on be, begins to be the things that the, the beliefs that we hold and the faith that we hold and the doctrine that it holds because it doesn't reason. You know, so that's why a lot of times when we're doing spiritual work or healing work, a lot of what we may do is getting the, the conscious mind out of the way. We may take three, four hours of a ceremony just to, to pull and lift up and wrestle with the conscious mind so we can have direct access to the subconscious. Cause we only need a millisecond. You, Cause a millisecond, let it get in, it's off, it's off and running. You see, because the subconscious mind doesn't try to prove what it is that it's hearing. It doesn't try to think about it. It doesn't say, okay, give me a second. I'm processing that. It doesn't say, well, that's, that's not good. You know, or that, that's not true. You know, or, or that's, that's a false statement. But what it does is it immediately begins to respond, not react, but it begins to respond to the character of the thoughts that we're, we're putting into it. You see, whereas the conscious mind is really working through your, your senses, you know, your conscious mind, it, it, it's observing certain things. It's trained in certain ways. It has certain experiences. And then through these things, you know, and then of course it's the, the senses, smelling stuff, it's tasting stuff, it's seeing stuff, it's touching stuff, it's hearing stuff. And it uses that to determine how it will reason you see, it uses those senses and its experience and its observation and it, and it, it builds up a, um, a reasoning, rational sort of mind. Whereas the subconscious is primarily functioning through intuition. 
because that's where your emotions are sitting down there where Olokun is, where all that power and that, that energy is, you know, and it's, it's holding memory. Now, that's an important thing when you, you get into, into learning about, um, healing because the subconscious mind, it doesn't require your eyes. You see that, that's one of the, the, the interesting capacities of it. It, it, it doesn't require physical eyes, whereas your conscious mind does require physical eyes. Your subconscious mind exits the body at night and goes to the astral realms. You see, and, and it, it retrieves information to figure out. That's why when you start to get silent and really go into deep into yourself, you say, man, I didn't, I didn't know this or I didn't know that. That's your conscious mind saying, I didn't know this or I didn't know that. But your subconscious mind has been traveling all around and collecting data and collecting different truths. And it has the ability to, to understand without the, 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 um, the regular ways that we would transmit information. You know, it very similar how like, you know, you're talking to someone, you, you, you get an intuitive feeling about them, even though you may not be able to describe it because it hasn't been transmitted in a way where you could say, oh, well, the person said this. And when they said this, I thought about it and that didn't make sense, so forth and so on. Right. So um, a lot of times when we're having mental blockages and we're having mental stops, you know, where we can't really get to where we, we're supposed to be, it's because we're rejecting the the intelligence of the subconscious. You see, we're, we're not necessarily cooperating with it. You know, it, it, it does have a, um, a design to, um, see the patterns in our life and the things that we've done and to maybe preserve or protect us from that. And a lot of times, because it's such a powerful place, it doesn't even rest. That's why you'll go to sleep. Your conscious mind is, is, is gone. <laughs> you sleep, right? You're unconscious. And what's happening during that time? You might have a dream. Well, who's creating that dream? It's the subconscious. You see, it, it doesn't rest. It doesn't need to sleep. It's constantly pouring over with information for you. But there are so many things and different beliefs and some of our opinions and our fears and, and things like that. And even our dogmas, you know, that will block it. And sometimes we'll, we'll begin to program our subconscious with those dogmas and with those opinions. And it's important to understand you know, um, I can't remember. There's a line I said in a song a long time ago. I was going to say, but basically I said something like, um, I, I, I just use the term mental graffiti. I don't even remember the, <laughs> I don't even remember the, 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 the full line that I said it was so long ago, but the, um, the concept of, of that was that I was saying that I'm a person who bombs graffiti inside of people's brains. Now, you may not know what that term means, but to like to bomb graffiti, it means to place up place graffiti artwork in places where it hasn't necessarily been invited. OK. And of course, it leaves a stain. You know, it's there. So that I said something to that effect. I, I leave a stain. I don't know. I'm not even trying to figure, remember it. But the point I'm saying is that those things that are bombed, those graffiti you know, that, that we get inside of our head or that, 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 um, those scriptures or those hieroglyphs that are carved inside 
of our subconscious and internally begin to, to be the experiences that we have externally. You see, so that's why the manifestation of our different circumstances and our events and our conditions in life, you know, are so important to look at because it's it's the subconscious mind that has the power to create those experiences. Right. And and to create those realities, you know, um, even when we feel belief, belief is a product of the subconscious. That's why you can't pinpoint it on anything. It, there's been something that's programmed you down in there that's create, created this subliminal sort of thing that we call belief. Now, when we say, okay, I understand belief, but let me give me some logic. That's when we'll employ the conscious mind to now to break down the logic of it, to see if it makes sense or if it's just something that we've habitually always held on to. Right. So these are all things that you have to look at when you are seeking or calling yourself a healer because faith is where you get the power to heal, right? But faith is a mental condition and the diseases that anyone has, whether it's the person you're trying to, to heal or whether it's you as the healer, um, they all, those diseases all originate inside of the mental, mental plane. So you have to address the state of your own mentality and the state of someone else's mentality before you begin any sort of healing journey. There are certain things within ourselves that we have to prepare before we decide that we're going to, um, go about the process of healing someone or trying to engage in that. And, and one of the, the first things that is important to look at is if you even have the potential and the, and the ability to heal someone, you know, it's, it's not as easy as just looking at a picture in a book or reading some text or listening to someone say, Oh, well, this is all you have to do. And then doing it because Having the, the, the power within you, you know, that storehouse to be able to channel that, that level of healing is a gift. And it's something that you can transfer and send over. But as in many things, there's a, there's a quantity that's associated with that gift and there's a quality associated with that gift. So not all healing is the same. You know, not all will bring a, the picture of fulfillment that the person may be looking for or be the answer to their, their quote unquote um, prayers. If you think about it, you know, um, fundamentally what we do for the most part of the day is, is we, we think, you know, we have all this mental activity going on uh, throughout our day. And there is a, there was a silent and invisible sort of expression that we all have. That's very real. You know, and it builds a, 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 a storehouse within us or a conduit, even a channel with, within us that, you know, through, through imagery can represent the blueprint of how certain powers move through us. And some have, uh, stronger, um, structure and integrity within themselves than others. You know, some are kind of trying to channel healing through broken down shacks and some are, channeling it through palatial mansions 
if 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 you will you know um because the mind is a is a fluid place and it moves from its its visualization or its conception and idea to the manifestation of a force or the manifestation of a thing so it's it's constantly moving through different corridors and sometimes um our imagination or our ability of thought is so dilapidated that what we're sending out is it's just really it's clogged if if you will right so we're not really passing clear mental pictures into the world that's backed by faith and it's backed by the strength of knowing and and power and sometimes some of the things that block that are intoxication you know um drug abuse uh western medicinal abuse pills you know um being addicted to certain substances uh things like tobacco uh or nicotine rather uh caffeine you know certain narcotics and things like that will block us from being able to heal anyone you know a lot of healing involves some measure of touch you know whether it's physical touch or whether it's it's feeling out um the auric body you're touching the auric body so one of the things that has to happen with the healer is that a healer has to be clean you know if you're not clean and shiny and sparkling you know you can't heal anyone or if you find you're if you're someone who's chronically ill you know or even if you're you've been ill in recent times you know like and i say okay last strong you weren't feeling well two strongs ago even last month you know you'll probably not be in a position where you can heal someone with a with any real measure of quality also um having you know um deficits in your integrity and in your character you know if you're someone who is has has stolen things or is stealing things whether it be of 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 recent or whether it be current, you know, or you are someone who gossips or, you know, someone who commits senseless violence, you know, or any sort of, of horrific act, um, in recent times, it's going to affect your ability to heal others. You know, there has to be a level of purification that happens first, you know, and it has to be a level of recompense. So it's not just, you know, I know a lot of times in healing circles, there's also this, this theme of, no accountability. <laughs> you know, we don't have to be responsible for anything. We can do the most heinous atrocity atrocities to people. And then we'll just go take a spiritual bath and forgive ourselves. And we're done. Right. Well, you can do that. But um a healer that does not make, you know, in order to be a successful and a proper healer, you have to to. um compensate people for whatever damage you may have caused, whatever pain you have caused, whatever suffering you have, you have caused. And when you're able to do that, then your conduit or your channeling of, of healing begins to really expand and, and to grow. You know, another thing is about um, the people that you surround yourself with, the energies that you allow yourself to take in. You know, a lot of times we, we find ourselves hearing stories about the struggles that people have being around people who don't necessarily charge their consciousness into the best place, but kind of offer a lot of destructive thinking um, and may not may not have a lot of thankfulness in their heart, you know, may not necessarily have conversations and exchanges 
that where they're contemplating, you know, the qualities of higher awareness and really seeking to generate um, a spiritual electricity of health and peace among those that they know and their comrades. Right. So these people oftentimes are sick. And if you find yourself in, in constant camaraderie with sick people, you should not try to heal a sick person. You see, because in that instance, there's a, there's a purity of your heart that doesn't exist. You see, one thing to remember is that your healing is going to come through your hands. You know, it channels through your hands typically, right? That's why we talk about healing hands whenever you hear about, even if you're not touching the person, but you hear about stories, a lot of it has to do with, with the hands. And the hands is how we, you know, we, we extend, the hands are an extension of our consciousness. And we use them to understand the consciousness of others, you know, but not necessarily the vigor and the strength of our hands. If you ever find yourself having to use any level of strength to heal someone, you're doing it wrong. Okay. You're doing it wrong. You know, one, one of the things to, to keep in mind is that, um, there's a flow. Like I said, just like your consciousness moves with a certain fluidity and a certain flow. So does that consciousness as it extends out through your hands. So even the positioning that you hold your hands in is important, you know, or if you're working with someone working in one direction, you know, as opposed to crossing yourself. There's, there's a whole method to this beyond the, the aesthetics that some people will, um, present to you, you know, down to even how you diffuse or look for the diffusion of pain and energy in a person. Sometimes when you're trying to heal another person, you know, you, you'll get stuck on, um, you know, they say, Oh, I've been feeling all this pain in my kidneys, all this pain in my stomach. So you, you'll concentrate on that, that part and not understanding that, um, healing is a progressive work and you work around just like having a conversation that's sensitive. You know, when you're trying to help someone to transcend and grow and to move into a greater adventure of life and they have certain, um, impulses and urge, urges to, to protect their pain. And their soft spot, you learn to circle that place and to move around it until there's a, there's a confidence and there's assurance that grows within that person. So, so they're not, um, feeling coerced. They're not feeling forced and they're not trying to wrestle you because you can't use power and strength, you know, to, to heal a, a sick person. It can't be any level of striving. You can't strive. You can't try. You know, it, it doesn't work that way. Uh, power and vigor and ashe, it moves on our behalf based upon our faith and based upon our, our confidence and based, based upon, um, our purity, you know, and that's the blessing that if our vehicle is pure enough, it will move through us, but it, you can't take it. You can take power on the earth, but you, you can't take divine power. You know, no matter how, how much you misinterpret the story of somebody wrestling an angel to the break of day to get a blessing, no matter how much you misinterpret that story, um, it just does not work like that. You know, so like I said, it's the gratitude. You know, when you, when you're showing gratitude to the creators, creative forces and the creator forces of the cosmos, you know, you begin to create a flow because now there's a reciprocal relationship of energy that's happening based on um, cause and effect or action and reaction, which is a cos cosmic law, 
you know, as you give, you, you begin to get more, you know. So um, one of the things, like I said, when you're working, something as simple as that, you don't go directly to the spot where you, where you sense the pain is, you know. Um, a body left alone will heal itself because uh, the body, just like the minds, were programmed and designed at the essential level to always move towards healing. And there's things that we can do to improve upon that process. But one of the main things that we're seeking to do is get out of the way of that process. You see, because there's so many things that are in the way. Sometimes our memory, you know, we have spatial memories, physical memories, then it's the etherical memories and all of these different things can either add to our, our, our health or they can take away. They can limit how we're going to live in this space or, you know, um, they can expand them to, so that either we're sick or, or we're healthy, you know? And again, this is an example of our mental positioning and our balancing, uh, between our conscious and our subconscious will result in our ability to not only channel healing, but to, to be healed within ourselves, you know, and to find those solutions for healings, for healing with, within ourselves. You know, when our, when our minds start to lock in sync with the will of the heart, you know, that's when we start to move to a place where we can accept, um, how how we want to present ourselves in the world we can start to imagine a reality where we're where we're more fulfilled and when there's a there's a sense of accomplishment all around us because our subconscious is bringing those things to being because we've impregnated our subconscious whether we're we're consciously awake or whether we're we're asleep we've impregnated it with the imagination and the thought of those ideas you see so we start to imagine what it is. And some people do simple things like, you know, I am happy. I am at peace. I'm, you know, they say those type of affirmations and they don't do much, but you know, it's, it's a beginning and how we think about working with our, our healing modalities, you know, and it, and it, it's what we're really looking to do is to develop a feeling, right? Because if the feeling if we can hold on to it, which is so difficult, this is where sometimes people get into the abuse of certain substances. The feeling is what will begin to, to program the mind through the emotional energy. So if I start to feel like I'm well, you see, and if I can hold that concept in my psyche all the time, <laughs> I have to hold it all the time. Then what happens is the mind starts to, to accept, it will accept that deposit and that impression upon itself, the subconscious mind, and it will immediately go into action. Remember, it, it doesn't judge. It doesn't say, you're well, but you're in the hospital. Or your back hurts, or your stomach hurts, or you're throwing up every day. It doesn't, it doesn't, the conscious mind does that. Subconscious mind won't do that. It goes straight to it. So a lot of times we can overcome certain disturbances within our mental and our physical balancing, you know, just by focusing on our astral state, our mental state, you know, but all of these different non-physical dimensions, if you will, because, you know, when our body is feeling um, any sort of pain, that that feeling or that part of, of our body that's feeling that can be trans can be transposed and, and transferred into a place of healing. You know, it has that, that potential and then it can return back. So it's kind of like, um, I'm feeling pain in my kidneys. Well, I can send my kidneys out for repair. 
We do that all the time when we dream. We could be feeling a certain level of heartache, right? And then what do we do? We travel. You see, we, we travel, we go out in our sleep and then we get a lesson. We wake up, you say, Oh man, now I see what I can do or, or that, or I don't have the urge for that pain as much as I used to or that the symbol of that particular thing that was causing me distress doesn't cause anymore. Yeah. We sent our consciousness out away from us to get its repair. And then we pull it back in so that we can live a more fuller and happier, um, life. Right. So if you could imagine that you could do that with your thinking, why couldn't you do it with an organ? You see, because we already have the natural urge within our life principle to lean towards healing, to lean towards growth, to lean towards, you know, going out and, and expanding, you see. But we have to look at the, the balancing subcontext of things to focus on. Right. So we can focus on money. I want money. I need money. I need money. Or we could focus on wealth. We could focus on, I want to be happy. I want to be happy. Or we could focus on peace, peace. You know, we could focus on, I want people to hear me. I want people to hear me. Or we could focus on an authentic expression. You see, or I want people around me. I want to have people around me. Or we could focus on love and, and make a genuine connection. You see, so it, it's the things that we, we begin to get a deeper and, and better understanding of. Those are the things that allow us to channel healing to the right place. So someone may say, I'm so sad, I'm so lonely. And you start working with them to get a mate. And that's not really the issue. That's not the issue. The person hasn't radiated goodwill of love towards anyone. You know, sometimes you get people like that and you know, they want so much, but they give so little. They give nothing. They'll even admit that they give nothing. Well, then how will you attract that? How will you, how will you gain that if you've broken the law of action and reaction? You're not even respecting action and reaction. You're not even re radiating with the goodwill towards others that would, that would return an action of goodwill to you. You see, and it, there's, there's, there's so much to that, you know, but that is a part of our healing too. You know, getting that sense of, um, of understanding, if you will, you know, and it, it often starts with learning how to transport some of our, our own parts that need to be healed. Here, you take it. You know, that's kind of like uh, a Christian thought a lot of times. Give it to Jesus. Give your pain to Jesus. Give your suffering to Jesus. Give your loneliness to Jesus. Give your heartache to Jesus. And there is a science to that. Maybe, you know, it's it's much deeper than just give it to Jesus. But send it to a realm where it can be worked on. It's like you take your car to the mechanic. You get a loner. You come home. And then you come back. You get your car. Right? Because I can't, I can't complete this job in my driveway. I tried it. I don't have the tools. I don't have a lift. I don't have all the things I need to maybe replace my catalytic converter in my driveway or replace my shocks in my driveway. I don't have the compression tools to compress the shocks, you know, after I take them, take them off, off the hubs, but I can take them to a mechanic. They got all the tools, so forth and so on. So, you know, we learn that, that sense of synchronizing our, our, our energy with something that's non-physical and taking it out. And that's a part of, of healing because there's times when you're around the body and you have to scoop out something, 
work on it and then return it. You see, and I know this all sounds um, very abstract. Um, and sometimes the abstractions is what people are drawn to <laughs> as opposed to the training and the teaching. So the training and teaching doesn't make you a healer. You know, just because you have the techniques to do something, you may not have the power, the blessing or the purity to do it efficiently. So you're just really going through the motions. It's like sometimes when people make omiero, you know, or, or herb water, you know, and um, if you don't have the ashe to do it correctly, you just made tea. That's all you made. Just this big old bowl of tea that you're about to pour on top of somebody. But it, the, the herbs are not charged because you didn't necessarily, you weren't synchronized with that, that healing energy. And one of the things with that too is understanding how energy flows. It's all about the flow. Everything is about the flow and, and getting to a point where you can live with that idea constantly of the flow. Just always constantly knowing it's there, right? So you, you, you start to imagine and you start to visualize a certain reality within your psyche and you understand that the more you allow that in and you more that you allow that to saturate it starts to go down into the subconscious and then it, there's an activity so there's, there's always this movement there's always this 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 great enterprise that's happening within your own internal world based on what you're giving your mental your mental attention to you know and and the deeper aspects of your psyche will begin to back up those things that you're seeing and you're affirming, you know, um, based on your understanding. But like I said, even when you're, you're healing and you're, you're being approached, if somebody wants to lay hands on you, whatever, which be very careful with that. Or if you decide, well, I have the power to do that, which you may or may not, I'm not saying you don't, um, understand just like a flow, a flow has different directions that it's going to go in. And in this realm, we're all, we're all working with this duality of, of male and female, regardless of what Babylon is trying to trick you into. And you go ahead and you, you fall for it if you want. And then notice how sick you're going to get mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, because there's a flow of positive and negative, just like a battery, you know, or male or female. And everybody, every single person, every one of you listening, everyone, you know, has this has this flow within them of positive energy and negative energy or of electric energy and magnetic energy and you know just like a battery a battery has terminals you have a positive terminal you have a negative terminal 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 excuse me you have a positive terminal and a negative terminal well your body works the same way your body has a positive terminal your body has a negative terminal you know and as within so without you know, so there's an internal negation or contraction, and then there's, a, there's an external expansion, and they work hand in hand, just like you have a subconscious which stores and retains everything, and it's it it has this intelligence of of wisdom, and then you have a conscious mind which is always seeking, which is always which is always looking for something and looking to act out on the the imagination and and the, the wondering power that's been worked within the subconscious right so the positive and negative that we have that's one of the things that you have to be able to, to to be sensitive to as a healer when you're working on some we all have those terminals but where are they 
<laughs> right? So it's not the same. You may look at an image in a book and it shows you an illustration and it may show you the negative terminal on the left side of someone's body and on the right side is positive. And depending on the culture, it will reverse that. Some cultures will say the negative is on the bottom, on the, on the, the foot chakra, and the positive is on the crown chakra. All of that's correct. All of it's incorrect because it, it's determined upon the individual. Our terminals are all different. And if you have the sensitivity to be able to pick up on the flow of energy within yourself and within another person, you can feel where their positive flow is and you can feel where your, their negative flow is. And that's critical in healing work because each of your hands has a different flow too. One of your hands is, is pulling. It has a negative and one of them is pushing. It has the positive. You know, and then as you, you get a bit more of depth, you learn how to switch it up. You know, your left may be pulling at some point and the right is pushing and then you switch it and the right is pulling and the left is pushing. Right. But if you're working with someone and you even if you're doing Reiki or any type of energetic healing, you have to determine where their positive node is or their positive terminal is. And that's where you put your positive terminal. It, it's positive to positive, negative to negative. If not, you can disrupt the flow, the flow of energy in their body and um, cause the healing to to stagnate and to take a lot longer than what it than what it actually should. You know, if that person is or because what happens is you begin to disorient them and it could also lead to other kind of severities within the person. So, you know, some people will use like uh, crystals They use dowsing rods to get a sense of where the energy is flowing, but you, you really want to be able to just do it with, with your hands, you know, or, you know, like me, I can, I can do it. I can look at you. I can, I can feel it. I know your flow of energy, but that takes, you know, I didn't, I didn't have that when I jumped off the porch because I just felt like I had it or because I may have, you know, maybe grandma had a headache one day and I put my hands on the head and she felt better. And now I'm a healer. No, you hit a lick, (laughs) but it doesn't mean you're necessarily a healer, you know, so it takes time. So don't think what I'm saying, even in my ability, it's something I'm saying, well, that's just, well, I just got it like that. You know, it it takes a long time. And like I said, the part of the requirement is integrity is honor is being clean in order to make sure that when you're working with someone or you touch someone, you're not disorientating the energy flow that's inside of an already sick body, which can lead to more dishealth, you know? So, and again, it takes no strength of force. You should be able to pick up on someone's flow just by hovering over them or hovering around them, you know, and, and seeing, okay, is it right side? Is that where the negative charge is? Okay. Let me put my right there. It's the left. Is that where the negative charge is? You know, and, um, there's so many things that go along with it, right? So one of the things I thought about, which was funny to me, healing one-on-one. <laughs> I know this is going to sound so basic to you and probably because you've seen it so many times, you didn't even think about it. Healing one-on-one, it's like, you know, when you drive in a car, check your mirrors, put your seatbelt on, hold your, your hands at 10 o'clock and 3 o'clock. Like, these are just the basics. Don't have the, the, the stereo blasting because you need to hear if there's anything going on with the car until you get a sense of that car. Like, okay, because it could be a tire getting ready to blow out, but you don't know because you got the music black, right? These are just basic things. Adjust the seat <laughs> so you can see around you, right? 
And when you see someone not do those very basic things, you already know, okay, we're, we're, we're in trouble. This isn't, this may not go the way it's supposed to go. So you see a lot of that, you know, when you really know how to heal properly, you see a lot of that stuff that's wrong. Um, and can cause certain diffusions within the healing work by people who are posturing themselves as what they are not. I'm going to tell you, um, one-on-one, if you see someone wearing jewelry, in particular metal jewelry, while they're doing any sort of healing session or touch, touch session or touch therapy or energetic therapy, they don't know what they're doing. And I know you're going to say, wait a minute, but everybody wears like, you know, copper and they wear crystals and quartz crystals and smoky quartz, you know, in order to enhance what what it is that they're they're doing and to magnify. Mm-mm. Nope. Because those things disrupt the flow of energy. You know, um, standing next to an electrical outlet. If you see someone doing healing work and they're standing next to an electrical, they don't know what they're doing. They probably can't even feel the outlet there. You know, something like this, a lot of people do. They keep cats around them. They think it's real witchy and, you know, real mystical. But cats, like dog, you know how dogs can sense cancer in people. Um, sometimes what can happen is that an animal, whether it be a dog or a cat, will absorb some of the frequencies of sickness inside of a person and it, they will disrupt the process of you healing them. You see, so one on one, you already know, like if I'm going in, just like you notice when a, when a doctor is doing or even when a doctor is doing an examination, you ever notice how much they, they wash their hands? They constantly keeping their hands as clean as possible. Maybe there's a wedding ring on, maybe not, but you don't see a whole bunch of jewelry and rings and crystals and copper all over them. You don't see that. You see, intuitively. You know, even a Western physician knows in order for me to be effective, I have to have a certain level of freedom and access, you know, in, in this, this, there can't be too many disruptions here, you know, in terms of me contacting and, 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 and being able to heal and, and touch you, you know, um, sometimes I, and I've seen this happen in healing, quote unquote, healing sessions where people are decked out because they want to look like gods, <laughs> you know, their conception of a God while they're doing the healing work and they haven't really had any true guidance or right action and as to how to mentally devote themselves to the work, you know, they haven't even waited within themselves to find an intelligent response. They're just working on surface feelings and outer awareness and that, and, and just hunches on what they, they could do. And I've seen, I've literally watched and seen people become more ill one of the, the first things you'll you'll notice if you're ever watching um, when someone is doing it wrong, the person that they're working on will start breathing erratically, you know, to the point that they might even have difficulty breathing. That's the number one sign. Something is wrong to start having difficulty breathing, you know, so it, it, it takes a pretty long time to get to a point where. Your hands become an extension of your mind. You know, you think even in martial sciences, it's a very difficult thing when I, when your hand, your hand and your mind or your foot becomes one thing. You know, I, I've always postured that that was the fascination that many of us have with Michael Jackson. 
because he clearly had that that mind body connection clearly you know and we haven't we haven't seen i mean we've we've had people who dance like him but not 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 like him <laughs> you know and 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 i'm positive he didn't have that i mean he was obviously a prodigy at five six years old we, we have footage of him just you know blacking out on stage but he didn't have what he developed later you know it takes a long time you know for some it may take 10 15 20 years you know of constant work to develop that beautiful connection to be able to create it's very similar to what you see with with musicians especially classical musicians you know when you look at pianists or or you look at um violinists a lot of times look at what they do when they're getting ready to do a recital especially the pianists they always look at their hands always look at their hands it's it's almost like a uh, um an acknowledgement of gratitude but also a communication you know you even see it in the cartoons where they kind of flex their hands you know they 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 um tie their hands together you know they they touch them together and they crack their knuckles and then push their you know their finger they thrust their fingers forward then they start playing right but that's a real thing people do that you know getting getting to know yourself getting to know your own body getting to know your own hands you know, and that takes practice, you know, beyond even touching the instrument, beyond even reading the book or or anything like that. It takes practice getting yourself into a space where nothing else is interfering with that process. Nothing else is in is in the way, you know, and you're going to get a little bit more of that when I, I'm going to sh- be sharing soon um, the Anu way, uh, the economics book and. You know, you're going to get more of that talk around frictionlessness, you know, moving in an environment where you have less friction. When there's a lot of friction in your economy, it's very difficult to make any money. It's very difficult. You're always finding yourself having to make certain difficult decisions when there's a lot of friction. You know, so it's the same thing in in your healing work. You know, you you have to be in a place where there's not a lot of or any um, obstructions to what it is that you're that you're there to do. You know, and again, you're able to enact that universal law of action and reaction very quickly because your action becomes thought. You see, and and the reaction becomes from the from the healthy aspects of the subconscious mind really quick. You know, it becomes reflective, reflexive. Excuse me. You know, it becomes re- reflexive. That 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 level of of wisdom, and that's when you start to have a more freedom sort of state of mind and a more happiness um, state of mind because now through this practice you're surrounding yourself with, with real love with divine love you know and you, you become more sincere in your desire to see other people happy and to see other people healed to the point that it becomes a habit and your habit is your clothes right so your happiness becomes a habit it becomes your clothing and the the ideas and the concepts that you constantly entertain become your your habitual inner entertainment so now your mind begins to you know from conscious mind to subconscious mind it begins to lean with an inclination towards actualizing the same physical conditions that it's feeling you see so your 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 kingdom if you will cuz you remember like the kingdom is the family's dominion you know um but your kingdom is is related to your freedom 
which happens within the mind. So your freedom and your kingdom become the freedom of happiness. It becomes your default, your default feeling, your default thought, you know, and then when you start to get certain thoughts that lead you into that static that I spoke about earlier, where there's more fear, where there's more anger, you'll have a reaction of harmony. You'll have a reaction of, of poise. You know, let me let me pull back. Let me govern what I'm saying. It's like Styles P said, you know, turn the fan on, let the sweat dry off, then grab the cannon. You know, got to think smarter. Right. So it's that concept there of like, I'm going to move with poise because I'm seeking to bring forth happiness in all of this that I'm, I'm doing. And I'm affirming that that light. I'm affirming that truth. I'm affirming that beauty. And that's the only way you can begin your healing journey before you even start getting into any techniques. Because like I said, the techniques don't even matter, really. Some some people can heal without the techniques. They still need the training. They still need to learning. But one of the things they need to find out, can I even heal? Do I even have that power within me, right, to send it? Do I have enough to heal myself and someone else? And it begins with yourself. So this goes back to the session that I did on self-love. You know, it starts there, self-healing, self-love, and then let me see what I can send out. All right, so that has been our session. I want to thank you all for listening, all right, and willfully you will apply um, these things that, that we're talking about as soon as you possibly can and keep an eye out for false healers, false leaders, false communities, because the more we go into desperate times right now, the more are going to pop up more and more all right so this is just some tips that i'm giving you to um to keep an eye out <laughs> you know uh you gotta be hydrated if you want to be a healer you gotta drink a lot of water <laughs> you know um not a lot of jewelry and uh if you see a person who's stuffing their face with a bunch of food before a healing session don't let them touch you <laughs> There's so many basic things that, that go into it beyond just creating a, a an ambiance in, in a room. But um it's also connecting with Mother Nature as well. All right? So this is Chief Yuya signing out. Peace. Thank you for listening. I just want to remind you all that you can now send questions for the up-and-coming season of the Chief Yuya podcast to questions at chiefyuya.com. That's Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-S at chiefyuya.com c-h-i-e-f-y-u-y-a.com also if you'd like to contribute in any way to our red rap initiative for displaced women head over to anulifeglobal.org forward slash red rap that's a-n-u-l-i-f-e g-l-o-b-a-l dot o-r-g forward slash r-e-d-w-r-a-p if you'd like to join my ministry anu life global go to anulifeglobal.org a-n-u-l-i-f-e-g-l-o-b-a-l.org and click the join link you may get sponsored by me or one of our other uh, members if you find that these podcasts have helped you in any way please leave a review on iTunes. If my books have helped you in any way, please leave a review on Amazon. These podcasts, along with my, my music, can be found on all of the streaming platforms. 
Thank you and keep putting the work in.